you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, week two of the preseason, word on the street is it's better than week one. We have three storylines every fantasy owner needs to keep an eye on this weekend. Plus, you'll hear from 2013's number one fantasy performer as Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning joins the show. And our fantasy two-a-days continue with team previews for the San Diego Superchargers. All that and more as NFL Fantasy Live starts now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by DirecTV, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Here at this fancy fantasy foosball desk, we have the uh, vicar of Vallejo, Marcus Grant. We have the uh, count of Corona, Adam Rank, <laughs> wow. and the, uh, the Duke of Dallas, Elliot Harrison. Uh, remember, sign-ups open for the best fantasy football game in the biz at NFL.com slash fantasy. So start or join a league today. Just quickly, guys, uh, favorite expendable, who is it? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Wow. Talk about being up to speed on your Expendables for Expendables 3. Victor Ortiz. Jeez, you guys are too good. <laughs> Way too good. All right, let's get to it. We had uh, preseason action last night, Thursday night football. There he is, Blake Bortles, the number three overall pick. Perhaps the biggest surprise of the 2014 NFL draft. And Jay Cutler. MVP talks surrounding Jay Cutler. Let's get it started. Nine minutes into the first. Jags deep in their own territory. Toby Gerhardt, a number one running back this season, shows off his wheels with that 18-yard run. That would be the only bright spot as he finished with just 19 yards on six carries. End of the first. Here come the Jags in the red zone. Chad Henney off the play action. And Marquise Lee, Sarah High's own Marquise Lee for the touchdown. Lee finished the game. Four receptions after being shut out in the Jags preseason opener. Second quarter now, third and ten for the Bears. Where is that uh, formerly suspended tight end, Martellus Bennett? Oh, there he is right there. 25-yard gain, his only catch in his preseason debut. Later in the drive, Bears third and goal. Cutler, plenty of time, finds his favorite target. Got time, got time, got time, got time. Brandon Marshall, number 15, do your dance. High five, all right, you're great, I'm great. Glory to everybody. And uh, touchdown. Seven to nine, touchdown and 75 yards, by the way, for Cutler. Second half now, Jags gaining momentum with Blake Bortles. And just a perfect throw to wide receiver Kerry Taylor. And the crowd approves. 29-yard completion. Bortles continued his impressive preseason. 11-17, 160 yards on the night. Fourth quarter, garbage time. Bears rookie Kadeem Carey, heck of a runner in the Pac-12 for Arizona. Gets the touchdown. Bears uh, get out with the victory. 20-19. Carey, impressed, led the Bears in rushing yards. 
with uh, 36. Let's uh, get into Toby Gerhardt there, though, because RB1s are not easy to find. He is clearly going to be a bell cow for Gus Bradley and this Jaguars offense as long as he can gain yards. So what is Toby Gerhardt? Is he, is he an RB1? And if he is, what's his value? Well, you mentioned it. He had the 18-yard run, but the other five runs, he had one yard. He had a no gain, a negative two, a negative four. And I think with Toby Gerhardt, fellas, you know, in Minnesota – they didn't have a passing game, so you could load the box. Ditto Jacksonville, so that's not going to be any different, but the run blocking for Jacksonville is not going to be what he had in, in Minnesota. He's not going to average seven yards a carry. I think if he gives them 900 yards this year, that's a good season. That's a win. I'm not really worried about him, even though, you know, like you mentioned, the other five carries besides the big one weren't anything to write home about. He's going to get touches, and that is what I like. The fact that he can be a running back who approaches 300 carries, you just don't see that anymore. And opportunity being the lifeblood of fantasy success, he's going to get a lot of that. What round, Rank? I'm going to go with him in the fourth round. Okay. Looking at him right there. And again, if, you go in, if you're one of those guys who passes on running backs, you can sneak in and get him. Marquise Lee, uh, so fourth round perhaps, Toby Gerhardt. Marquise Lee, certainly much later, if drafted at all, but he was called out by Gus Bradley, and he certainly stepped up in this game, getting that touchdown. Adam, keep it going. Yeah, you got to have the motivation. You know, you want your top receiver to be motivated and playing hard, and he made some nice plays last night. You remember, too, he's playing opposite of an undrafted free agent, and if this holds out for the first couple of weeks of the season, Marquise Lee is poised. They have a pretty good he run was there. Arguably the best receiver in college football two seasons ago before he got injured. It was all Sammy Watkins or Marquise mm-hmm. Lee, and then injuries, and well, Lane Kiffin kind of happened to him. But <laughs> um, can Lane just, Kiffin happen? Yes, it can. Absolutely. And just quickly want to point out that Bears drive with Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall touchdown, huge gain for Martellus Bennett, and Elshon Jeffrey gets like a 20-yard gain. I mean, just three big weapons each, bing, bang, boom, right down the field. Yeah, a lot Cutler. of people love Jay Cutler in fantasy this year, but I'm telling you, Brandon Marshall is underrated. I, yeah. I, I just keep seeing, it looks like he's slipping. I, I, I don't get it. Not I don't boy, get it. I still, not with me. I still love Brandon Marshall. more than happy to have him as my <laughs> wide receiver one. Let's get to the rest of our fantasy headlines. And we begin in Kansas City. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reports Chiefs wideout Dwayne Bowe been suspended for week one of the regular season for a marijuana-related Offense. Bo has also been battling a finger injury in camp. So how far does he slide down your draft board if he was on your draft board in the first place, Adam Rank? That's the optimal words right there. <laughs> he was never on my draft board. He's just ne- never been able to become the guy that we were hoping he was going to be. And it, when you look at the Chiefs offense, it's Jamal Charles, and that's it. They have two great guys who you can't draft, Anthony Thomas and Travis Kelsey, Exciting players, but none of these guys are fantasy relevant, unfortunately. Remember when Dwayne Bowe scored 15 touchdowns yeah. in a season? I yes. don't. Like, we are so <laughs> far removed from that. It's almost like it didn't happen. I'm, I'm not bothering with him. Dwayne Bowe reminds me of, like, Carson Palmer when he was on the Raiders. Just the fourth quarter garbage points. And you thought, you look down and you're like, oh, wow, Dwayne Bowe had yeah. a good year. It's but never they gave him the counted. contract <laughs> extension. I expected yeah. big things with Andy Reid and just never happened last year. The uh, Browns announced Wednesday Brian Hoyer. We'll start Monday night in D.C. Head coach Mike Pettin reiterated that the team hopes to split first-half snaps between Hoyer and Johnny Manziel. Does that decision do anything for our evaluation of Johnny football as a fantasy option, E.H.? Not really. I mean, I think right now they're just seeing what they have, and they're giving the quarterbacks a chance to play with different sets of guys. If Johnny Manziel isn't getting in there in the second quarter, he's going to be able to play with the ones which makes a difference. You want to see how he goes against the first-team defense, uh, you know, the opponent. But and that's Johnny Football Limit. That's it. <laughs> 30 seconds. Oh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, sorry, again, reports the Miami Dolphins do not expect 
Running back Noshawn Moreno to return to action this weekend against the Bucks. Moreno knee scope back in June. So let's say Noshawn is ready to go week one. Is he an RB1, an RB2, or a flex, Marcus? He is a flex at the best. Whoever wins that battle, whether it's Lamar Miller or Noshawn Moreno, I'm not looking at them as any more than a flex option. It's just I don't trust that running game in Miami. I just don't trust that either of those guys will produce big numbers this year. You're not angry, are you? I would have no. buzzed myself. That's <laughs> oh, all good. Here is your uh, week two for Friday night preseason games. These being tonight, Friday night. Eagles v. Pats. Very much looking forward to that one. Titans and Saints. You see the Lions and the Chargers and the Seahawks. The two highlighted in red live on NFL Network. And then uh, tomorrow and Sunday. No Monday night are up there with the Browns. So this is tomorrow. And Sunday, again, the ones highlighted in red will be live on NFL Network. Packers and the Rams, certainly a lot of people excited about. And uh, already one game in the books. We talked about it, Jaguars and Bears. But uh, the rest of the preseason is coming all weekend long. So what is it? Which topic or which players are you guys looking at? Are you most interested in watching? I'm going to watch that San Diego Chargers game, and I'm really interested to see what happens with the running back position. Now, we'll talk a little bit later about guys like Ryan Matthews. But if you watch that game, You saw somebody in number 43 already endearing himself to San Diego Charger fans, and that's Brandon Oliver, an unknown quantity out of Buffalo who came out against the Cowboys and looked fantastic. Now, of course, it's against the Cowboys, the backups of one of the worst defenses in the (laughs) NFL, but it was still impressive. You still have to notice the way he's running through the line right there, and he's one of those guys. The, I, I, one cut he, and go. One cut and yeah. go. And, I, you know, I'm a huge Marion Grice guy back from his days at Arizona State. And the fact that Brandon Oliver seems to have jumped over him hurts me a little bit. Yeah. Those, watching. Those Cowboys forced two incompletions. Charger quarterbacks <laughs> two only went 14 of 16. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Put that saying. on the loop. Marcus, uh, what are you looking at? I'm looking for James White because we've been hearing a lot about him in the last few weeks. It mm-hmm. started with the potential of being a three-down back. Now he's getting first-team reps. And Stephen Ridley's been pushed back to the number two spot. And I know – we always worry about Bellatrix and what he's going to do with that backfield and that sort of thing. But it's also pretty much well-documented Ridley's fumbling problems and Belichick's impatience with those things. So I think White's going to get a, a good opportunity. We didn't see much of him in the first preseason game. I think we'll see a lot more of him this weekend. I'm very curious to see how he performs. Just sidebar, the fact that Melvin Gordon's as dominant as he is at Wisconsin right now, that James White is threatening to crack the starting lineup, and the Broncos still aren't really sure about mm-hmm. Monte Ball. Mm-hmm. I, I, another no, red flag for me with, with Monte Ball. How about you? What are you looking for? Well, before you give me the bullhorn, uh, I'm going to go <laughs> two guys, three Archer and Marcus Waiton, and I just want to see what they can do against a little bit stiffer test than they faced last week in preseason. They're facing the Bills defense, who I get it, don't have Kiko Lonzo, but this is one of the better units in the NFL. First of all, how much of this are we going to see from Dre Archer? Because if we see a lot, then we're going to see him on the field more. Or is he going to be more of a Dexter McCluster afterthought like in Kansas City last year? Marcus Wheaton, I want to see him seize that number two job. Obviously, no chance to get number one with Antonio Brown. But can he be a legit number two in a Steelers offense that I think is going to throw the ball a little more than we expect? Yeah, and, and I said it before, and I'll keep saying it, Marcus Wheaton was Brandon Cooks before Brandon Cooks after James Rodgers. I mean, he put up those kind of mm-hmm. numbers at Oregon State. Up next on NFL Fantasy Live, chopping block time. Cutler or Romo? Kaepernick or Foles? No waffling, no waffling. Get our picks for which quarterback will take you to fantasy pay dirt. And we break out the red felt tip pen and grade real. I mean, sent in by you, the fan, actual fantasy mock drafts. That and much more in just a minute. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. It's mid-August. School's back in session. Pencil's down. We are here. 
to check your work from the offseason. We asked our users on Twitter at NFL Fantasy to send us the first few picks of their mock draft with the hashtag Fantasy Rough Draft. So we're going to see how our students did. Here we, go. we will start, Elliot. Uh, you have your first people. Yeah. A tweet from Corey Stillman. He drafted Monte Ball, Arian Foster, Aaron, Antonio Brown, and Aaron Rodgers with his first four picks. What say you to that, Elliot? I, I like the at Coors Light 25. I guess uh, at PBR was taken. You know, <laughs> Monte Ball. <laughs> Monte Ball. Uh, you know, first round. Now, Coors Light, Corey, did not send us exactly where he was in the draft. So I'm assuming, fellas, that he was towards the bottom right, of the first yes. round with the Monte Ball pick. I think it's a little too early. And it's a little risky to me, Adam, to have Arian Foster as your second-round pick with Monte Ball as your first because there's questions about Monte Ball, limited touches his rookie year, and then you have the back injury. Now, Arian Foster by itself, I don't mind. It's just the two of these together. Monte Ball, last year, we saw flashes. But who was the bell cow in Denver last year running back? No, Sean Marino. No, Sean Marino, exactly. I'm sorry I answered. No, that's all right. (laughs) Now, I will say, as much as I thought Monte Ball is a little risky in the first round, Antonio Brown in the third is a solid pick. Aaron Rodgers might be a steal in the fourth round. That's a great pick. Just wonder what this guy is going to give the team in his second year because he this isn't like an Eddie Lacy from last year. It's not a slam dunk. I agree with you. And the whole thing, too, he's had the appendectomy. He's had problems with fumbles before. You know, a little bit risky because you're going back-to-back risk. You'd like a little bit more stability, but you did get it in the fourth round with Aaron Rodgers. All yes, right, so and that's why I gave him a B plus. There you go. There it is. B because plus. Aaron Rodgers, and I love the Antonio Brown pick in the third round. Love it. Antonio Brown's a legit absolutely. number one. Period. Yeah. We didn't even talk about him. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Dig that pick. All right, Rent, your turn. Your student, R.J. Buttle, he says oh, he's yeah. selected Calvin Johnson, Brandon Marshall, Alfred Morris, and Reggie Bush. This is from the fifth spot in a Tim Team draft. He was like my Spicoli. I really had to buckle down and guide him <laughs> to this draft. And I really dug what he did. Calvin Johnson in the first round is a very solid pick. You know, there's five solid running backs I feel like you can go with in every mock draft. But if you got Calvin Johnson at the end of the first round, I'm happy with that. And then you back it up with Brandon Marshall. Totally awesome. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> he's got two of the last. He's wearing his van slip-ons as he picked Brandon Marshall. <laughs> And he backed it up with two great receivers who you can who are going to be consistent each and every week. And then he started to fill in with his running backs. He had Freddie Morris right there and Reggie Bush. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Freddie Morris. You know, there are some concerns about him because he is a two-down back. But what has changed over the course of his career? He's been a two-down back ever since he joined the Redskins two years ago. And it's cool. And now we figure he's not going to be losing a lot of those goal line touches because if you look at what Jay Gruden did, in Cincinnati, you figure Freddie Morris is going to go ahead and get some of those red zone looks. So I like this pick. This is a guy who could be a top 10 fantasy running back, and then he backs it up. So what are you, what are you giving them a grade? I'll give him an A minus. Listen, I like, I like Reggie Bush. It's a little bit risky, but it's the fourth round, and he's your RB2. I like it. That's what A minus. As long as he rocks that Hawaiian shirt, yeah. him and Eric Stoltz <laughs> and Anthony Edwards jump into the van. And, I think, me. and Brandon Marshall in the second round. I feel like Brandon Marshall's underrated. I don't know how that could be that a guy catches he's, 100 balls. He's the most underrated top five receiver out there anyway. Draft Period. strategy. Learn it. Know Learn it. it. <laughs> Live it. There you go. What finally, shirts? finally, we have this draft from Twitter user Nathan. First four picks, Calvin Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey, Drew Brees, and Rob Gronkowski. Now, I like the way this thing starts because nice. I feel like mm-hmm. after the first – 
five, maybe six running backs. There are questions about what you're going to do. So I don't have a problem with going Calvin Johnson early in this one. If you are looking at seven or later, that's fine. Alshon Jeffrey is really a wide receiver, kind of one and a half, if you will, a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Drew Brees in the third. I mean, come on. It's, did it's, you really it's a no say easy breezy? Hey, Looks look, like you know, you did. You're done. stream of you, consciousness. You have that's, detention that's how it for happens. that. <laughs> We're giving you Saturday school. But the one that worries me the most, Gronk in the fourth round. I think he's a little too high. I think Julius Thomas has certainly passed him on the big board of tight ends. Gronk is a guy that, for my money, he's going to be somebody else's headache. I can't really <laughs> worry about him. You've got the injuries that have piled up. Now there's talk that he may or may not be ready for week one, which is shades of last year when he seemed to be on the verge of coming back and he missed the first nine weeks of the season. So I'm going to pass on him in that fourth round. The other big problem is no running backs in the first four rounds of that draft. That is a concern. I can understand maybe missing one in the first round, but I feel like in the second or third, you've got to come back and get yourself a running back there. So I'm going a little tough. Oh, the C minus on this. Strict yet fair. Yes, I feel like that. Is that a little high for Alshon Jeffrey, middle of the second round, or is that about right to you guys? Middle of the second, maybe a touch high, but not not so much that, that I would knock anybody for. I would imagine that some of the receivers started flying off the board, like yes. Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, guys like that. Then it's a good time to jump in on Alshon Jeffrey. There you go. So keep drafting. Go to mock drafts on NFL.com. Plenty there. Coming up on NFL Fantasy Live, we sit down with a touchdown slinging, record-breaking fantasy leader of 2013 to talk to Broncos' backfield following up his 50-plus touchdown season. Peyton Manning joins us next. Stick around. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Stafford to Bush! And Andrews sets up, looks, throws in the middle. Touchdown, Reggie! Leaping! Touchdown! Touchdown! Perkins! Take your draft to the next level with the official fantasy draft board of the NFL. Kit includes easy-to-use player label stickers and room for up to 16 teams in 20 rounds. Be sure to check it out at NFL.com slash draft board. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. In just a moment, you'll get hot fantasy sports opinions on Broncos pass catchers. But first, a conversation from earlier this week when our very own James Coe caught up with Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning. Route Decker, right corner of the end zone. Decker's got it. Denver touchdown. Peyton throws wide open. This is going to be no shot. Moreno to the end zone and touchdown. Denver. I'm James Cohen. Well, you know this guy. He's only the greatest fantasy football player on the planet. Maybe the best quarterback on the planet as well. We got Peyton Manning joining us. Peyton, you're joining us via Direct TV. I know you guys got a great partnership, and man, I absolutely loved your fantasy football commercial that you did with your brother Eli. Well, thanks. It was fun to do. We did it earlier this summer. Uh, we were down in New Orleans for our football camp, and uh, you know, Eli and I don't get to spend a lot of time together, so it was fun for he and I to be together. Uh, I had three offensive linemen: Orlando Franklin, Ryan, Orlando Franklin, Ryan Clady, Lou Vasquez. Eli had three of his guys, so we had a lot of laughs doing the spot and, you know, talking about the new fantasy football channel, the Fantasy Zone channel. It's kind of the ultimate channel if you like fantasy football and you can keep up with all your players and your teams and their stats. And, of course, these days, DirecTV, NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch it everywhere, your phone, tablet, laptop, so there's no excuse not to watch it. I like NFL Sunday Ticket watching the football games, but for the fantasy owners out there, 
this new Fantasy Zone channel is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you set some marks and, and you crushed it, absolutely crushed it in fantasy and in real life. 55 touchdowns. People are wondering about your production this year. Uh, do you think it's realistic or do you think it's fair that people are expecting 50-plus touchdowns from you this year? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I certainly have goals that my quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator and I go over together, you know, as a quarterback – Obviously, it's your job to help your team win the game, uh, whether it's 10 to 7 or, you know, 50 to 49. I think we had a game against the Cowboys last year. So you never know what type of identity a game is going to take on. But, you know, for a quarterback, you want to get your team into the end zone, whether that's throwing a touchdown or checking off uh, from a pass play and giving the ball to Monte Ball or Ronnie Hillman and uh, scoring a touchdown. That's the goal as an offensive player you know, to help your team score points and put pressure on the other team. From a fantasy perspective, Peyton, uh, fantasy guys love drafting your starting running backs way early. We're talking first round. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Edger and James, Donald Brown. People want to know uh, who is going to be the starting running back for the Broncos. Uh, is it Monty Ball? Is it Ronnie Hillman? Is it somebody we're not even thinking about? Well, we try to create a lot of competition out here at practice, I think it makes all of our players better, whether it's, uh, you know, at linebacker, safety, you know, running back, receiver. You know, guys are out there competing for jobs out there. So I think in the NFL today, you have to have three running backs at least to be a successful football team. Injuries occur, these running backs get nicked up. So we're expecting a lot of things out of Monte Ball this year. Uh, Ronnie Hillman's going to play a uh, much more uh, substantial role and have a lot of new players that are competing for jobs right now. So, But our running game and our running backs are important to our offense. There's no question about that. Uh, Eric Decker leaves the offense. Emmanuel Sanders enters. How has he kind of fit in? And also you have Cody Latimer as well. Have those guys fit in with the new offense? Well, we're still working hard to get on the same page with all those guys. Uh, Eric and I had great timing and rapport. It took two years to get that timing to where it was. And so I'm working with all of our new players. We don't have two years to cram that into you know, one off season and one training camp. But we're trying our best to uh, get comfortable with each other where we have some timing. Hopefully we can improve and grow on that throughout the course of a season. Peyton Manning joining us on NFL Fantasy Live. Peyton, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, great work there, James, and thanks to Peyton. Here you get a look at the average draft position. Peyton Manning, if you're in a 10-team league, just outside the first round, first pick of the second round, 12-team league, you're going to have to take him with uh, one of those back-end picks. When Peyton said he and his uh, quarterback coach and his offensive coordinator talk about it, is it Peyton going, so, Peyton, what do you think about 50 touchdowns? Well, I don't know, Peyton. I think uh, 50 touchdowns is right. How about you, Peyton? Well, I feel like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> is, uh, is it realistic to, to think, I don't know, 50 touchdowns this year? Or maybe it's better phrased, is he the number one quarterback again this season? He's certainly the number one quarterback to me. And when you talk about 50 touchdown passes, why not? When you look at all the new rules in the NFL and the way the, the league breaks out right now, I don't think it's out of the question to expect him to go out and have another great season. Plus, he's talked about it all offseason, how he's been motivated by that Super Bowl. And you think last year when he opened up against the Ravens, who beat him in the playoffs the previous years, he had seven touchdowns. I think we're in a full, a full season of grudge mode from Peyton Manning. I would say if anybody can do it, it, it is Peyton Manning. I'm not expecting 50 touchdowns just because you look at his numbers last year. Had four more touchdown passes in nine games last season, including, as Rank mentioned, a seven-touchdown game against the Ravens. 
It's possible. It's just not likely. I'm not, I'm not banking on 50 TD. Elliot, is he the number one quarterback on your board? I think that he is, but I look at his schedule. He plays the NFC West this year. You're talking about Seattle, San Francisco, St. Louis, Arizona's defense. I think 43 touchdowns is about where I would have him. But the research shows that when you're talking about Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks, when they get in their late 30s, the only thing that stops them is retirement. It's not a lack of productivity, and you can go all the way back 40 years with that kind of research. So I think Peyton Manning is the number one quarterback. I just don't think he's going to get 50 touchdowns. Well, and, and 50 touchdowns, he's going to have to throw them to somebody. And there is, I don't want to say a glut of pass catchers, but when it comes to fantasy, who do you pick? We obviously know Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. is a, a late first, maybe early second round selection, but what about the rest of those guys? The tight end Julius Thomas, Wes Welker in the slot, and the newly acquired Manny Sanders. I really like Demarius Thomas because what he was saying about Eric Decker, how it took him two years to establish that rapport with him, and that he's trying to get on the same page with Emmanuel Sanders and everybody else, it means Demarius Thomas is going to get a lot more opportunities. And I look at Randy Moss, his 23 touchdown passes with, or 23 touchdown receptions in 2007. I'm like, I don't know. You look at him, I'm like, I think he can challenge that mark. Well, I think the, the good thing with Demarius is not only does he go down the field, they get him that bubble screen so often. Yeah. And he is so good at just taking yep. that short pass and getting yards after the catch. So be able, not only be able to stretch the defense, but to be able to just catch the ball right near the line of scrimmage and make something happen gives Demarius that edge. Elliot, what about Manny Sanders? Is he, is he a... Is he a legitimate replacement for Eric Decker, knowing what that production was in the world I, I of I think fantasy? he is. I know you're a big fan of Eric I Decker am. coming out of college. But what was Eric Decker before Peyton Manning? He was a decent vertical threat for Tim Tebow. The guy that I think is even more interesting is Julius Thomas because if Rob Gronkowski is hurt, Tony Gonzalez out of football now, yeah. Jason Witten's entering year 12. Other than Jimmy Graham, who is your lockdown Do you tight trust end? Vernon Davis? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you may have to go around higher than you thought you were going to have to for Julius Thomas. All right, well, still to come, lightning bolts and pirates. Yep, batting down the hatches because we're looking at the Chargers and Raiders in our fantasy two-a-days and find out which of these quarterbacks our Adam Rank thinks is primed to bounce back in 2014 and which is destined to slip again more. NFL Fantasy Live next. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the most watched fantasy football show on TV every day throughout the month of August. We are breaking down the biggest fantasy storylines for a couple of teams. And today, we start our breakdown of the AFC West, and we begin in San Diego. Philip Rivers, you saw him there, the sixth overall quarterback in fantasy last season. Yes, top six. Can he repeat that? In 2014, a top 10 QB1 quarterback. Elliot, start with you. I think he can. I mean, to me, if Peyton Manning was not on the planet Earth, Phillip Rivers would have been the first team all-pro quarterback last year. I realize that Ken Wisenhunt is now on Tennessee money, but this is Mike McCoy's offense. Mike McCoy did a great job with Tim Tebow. Then he helped transition Denver to Peyton Manning, even if you think that Peyton Manning's his own OC. And then Phillip Rivers last year had an incredible year. I think Phillip Rivers can absolutely repeat. And remember, Keenan Allen is more developed in his second year. Do you draft him number six quarterback overall? Are there, are there five quarterbacks ahead of him? Does he, does he slink into the top five there, Adam? There's five quarterbacks ahead of Phillip Rivers, but as you said, it's completely Mike McCoy's offense. He even helped Kyle Orton. You're That's not giving him point. enough credit. <laughs> That's a good I mean, point. And Tim Tebow, you look at the curtain jerkers he's worked with before, 
Now he's revived Philip Rivers' career, and that will continue this season. Marcus, let's go to his favorite pass-catching weapon, Keenan Allen, and where you draft him. I draft Keenan Allen. In fact, Elliot and I were talking about this during the break, trying to list all the guys that you would Got take here. ahead of Keenan Allen. That's I think a lot Keenan, of names on that list. I think Keenan Elliot. Allen's a guy that, just, that sneaks into the third round. I, you know, and I think what I really like about him, not only what he did last season and the way he developed, but now the talk about him being even more of a deep threat. The knock on him coming out of Cal was that he was not a speed guy necessarily. He's worked on that, and he says he's a guy who can stretch the field. If he can get down the field, open things up, get behind some defensive backs, that means more chances for big plays. And I think Keenan Allen's a guy that maybe is, is frankly going a little bit lower I'm in drafts I'm going to jump in be. there, Marcus, because I want people to take a look at, at some numbers for Keenan Allen. Certainly, uh, I think people may know if they watch the show how big of a Keenan Allen fan I was. It, one of the best receivers I have ever had the privilege of covering in college football. And you mentioned some people didn't think he was a speed guy. He's an everything guy. He is a receiver that a quarterback will trust implicitly. He didn't really play the first three games. Mm, right. So you have to look at his last 12 games, and you see the eight touchdowns, the 80 yards. That is that is wide receiver one production. Yeah, I, I wrote it down here. I've got 24 names of guys that I would absolutely take over Keenan Allen. 24. So if you, you have him at 25? I have him at 25. Wow. For receivers? In a pass no, 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 no. Overall. Overall. In a 10 team so he's a league, for he's, he is a strong third round pick. There you go. Well, we know yeah. running backs. You pay a premium for him. You draft him high. What about Ryan Matthews, Rank? I'm going to stay away from Ryan Matthews. They've got too many people there right now. They brought in Donald Brown. And now Mike McGoy is talking about the hot hand is going to be getting the touches in San Diego. And then you look, you know, again, the preseason game gets a chance at the goal line. You're like, all right, Hello. this is good. Now, nope, fumble. Yeah. There so Ryan Matthews or Danny Woodhead for you? I like the value of Danny Woodhead a little bit more. How about it, Marcus? I would go Danny Wood. I'd actually probably go Matthews earlier, but in a PPR league, it's Woodhead. Yeah, I get it. With Woodhead, and I get why Adam says the value there, because you know that people are going to wait on Woodhead and not wait on Matthews. That said, there's still a dearth of good running backs. And if you're sitting there and you're determined, I'm not going to take Ryan Matthews, and he keeps falling, you have to take him. Danny Woodhead is not going to be as productive yeah. as Ryan Matthews. I had him overall. in the Experts League last year, and he was great for me. I got a tremendous value out of him. My one concern, I'm a big Donald Brown guy. He and I re- repeatedly counted out, wow. and I don't think there's you. any reason why they pay him that money if they don't intend to try to expand what they wanted from Ronnie Brown but last can't, year. But can't he eat into Danny Woodhead's production just he can. the same? He can. I think he would eat more into Ryan Matthews, though. You know okay. Philip Rivers loves Danny Woodhead. Yep. So that's, uh, it's, a tar- it's a tough He's call. He's their third-down guy. Good old running back by committee. The, uh, the bane of fantasy existence, right? Oh, there it is. Oh, the Ottoman. She's a pirate. It means it is time to talk Raiders. It's really one of the only things we can get excited about. Can you do it, John? The autumn wind is a pirate. That's about as good as it gets. Uh, for, for me, for me. I, can't, I, I can get D, but I can't do it. A little burl eyes in The autumn wind is a pirate. How about this? If you ha- let's, say, let's say you have to draft the Raider. And you have to start him every single week. Just one. Just one. Who do you draft? Who do you think it's going to be? Seabass! <laughs> yes. I That's totally agree. I, I wrote him last year. The That's how bad it is. To the experts that is title. how bad it is for the Raiders. That's how good he is. That's Sebastian Janikowski. <laughs> hey, totally Running backs, <laughs> wide receivers, quarterbacks. A kicker is the one guy you would take. All right, so let's get to that backfield. Maurice yeah. Jones, Drew, and Darren McFadden. Is there a right answer here, or do you all no, want to punt? I, I, yeah, well, I would punt, but if I had to, I guess MJD is the guy. You know that they're going to use him inside the five-yard line, but how much desire does MJD have at this point in his career? A lot of carries over the last few years. At least the one thing about Darren McFadden is because he's been hurt so much, he doesn't have the mileage 
technically, but it doesn't matter with him because he gets hurt anyway. So you really wanted to see McFadden win this job. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm staying away unless he just free falls in the draft. Either one of these guys. I don't know if desire is an issue for MJD with me. I mean, he's back home in the Bay Area. People keep counting him out. And he's the guy I take simply because, despite the injuries a couple years ago, he has been healthier over the course of his career than McFadden. I, you know, if you draft Aaron McFadden, enjoy those you know nine or ten games you get out of him. He's this been year. healthier than McFadden. That's really that's, 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 right? selling that's not the endorsement that's that the you selling want right point, there. right? No. So how about it, Rank McFadden or Jones? If you had to take one, Latavius no Murray. Sebastian Janikowski available. No Latavius Murray. <laughs> I, but the thing is, you talk about Darren McFadden, we're talking about perception and the value of everything. Everybody passes on Darren McFadden because they don't think that he can do it. He's had over 750 rushing yards just once in his career. So he doesn't have that pedigree that makes him a high draft pick. So you sneak him in later in the draft, yeah. he could be a value for What you. about the passing game in Oakland? <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just leaning you. on you, man. I'm leaning on you. Here's my problem James with these Jones? running backs. Uh, any any, oh, any love for James Jones? Uh, I mean, he, he, did, uh, he was one half of the worst trade I've ever consummated in fantasy <laughs> yeah. football history with this man right here. Um, James Jones, look, he's, he's good in the red zone, yep. but Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the football. Yep. So how, how do you measure what his productivity could be with Matt Schaub or Derek Carr throwing True, him? but he's at least shown it to Certainly. us before, and he's been healthy. He's a big healthy. body. He's yes. very good when, when throwing the football. I just don't know with those two names on the screen, Schaub and Carr, if you're comfortable taking any receiver. I'll take him on a late-round flyer. And They're when I mean late-round, I mean, West, you know. I, I know. I'm just saying way after the 10th round. 14th round, James Jones is sitting there. I'll take him. What about the quarterbacks? That. Before we get to, to James Jones, do you, are these quarterbacks draftable at all? Yeah. I'm not bothering with any okay. of these quarterbacks. There's too many other guys out there you can go get. Yeah, we don't know who's going to start week to week. Yeah, that's I mean, it. It's, that's it's, all I got. That's money. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck on Seabass. Uh, we talk about the pass catchers. Here they are. I mean, just get, get a look at the Raiders wide receiver roster. You mentioned James Jones, and you see the touchdowns in 2013. We just kind of glossed over Denarius Moore, and he was an intriguing player a couple seasons ago. Someone that put, I think he strung two weeks together and, and got people all Twitter-pated about Denarius Moore, can he reemerge as, you know, what he was, a very exciting young receiver with blazing speed? I'm going to quote our coordinating producer in the meeting when he said, isn't Denarius Moore supposed to be good? Doesn't that tell (laughs) you everything right there? I mean, Denarius Moore is not draftable for me. But Andre Williams is listed as the number one receiver ahead of James Jones. And at the end of the season, he finished pretty well. I mean, we're grasping at straws here right now, but it's somebody. I, I think I think you hit it at the start of the uh, at the start of the topic, which was Seabass is probably That's the it. only legitimate yep. draftable Raider. All right, well, uh, we have two a days. So they continue Monday. You saw Denver. Monday will be Denver and Kansas City. Then Tuesday, Atlanta and New Orleans. So we get to the NFC South, followed by the NFC East Thursday and Friday. So be sure to check back throughout August for more team previews at NFL.com/slash/fantasy team previews coming up i'm planning on waiting a few rounds to draft that signal caller afraid of making the wrong choice well it's a rhetorical question of course you are never fear our band of fantasy experts is here to help you sort out the quarterbacks right after this think you can't live without your phone wait until you download the new nfl.com fantasy football app Live draft from anywhere and watch in-game video highlights on the go. NFL.com makes fantasy football better for everyone. Download for free at NFL.com slash fantasy app. Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here, and it's time for Like, Dislike, presented by Corona. Every Friday, I post my likes and dislikes. 
in the world of sports, movies, and TV. Check that out at NFL.com slash like, dislike. This week, we're looking at the quarterbacks. And a quarterback I like, Tom Brady, though I feel I'm alone in this endeavor. Brady has been one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy history, yet now he's got an ADP of the sixth round on NFL.com. Are you kidding me? Sure, he struggled in 2013. Who wouldn't with those weapons? But he made Julian Edelman a star, and Rob Gronkowski is back. So Brady is poised for a return to the top of the fantasy boards. You don't think that he saw what Peyton did last year when he broke his record? This guy's got pride. He's going to be a fantasy stud. My next quarterback, Jay Cutler. I like him, but he always seems to lose the battle of perception. Sure, Cutler is the off-injured guy, but uh, yeah, he played as many games as Aaron Rodgers last season. What, would you like Jay Moore if he did a few more cut-rate commercials for insurance companies? All you need to do is look at Mark Trestman's offense, look at the offensive firepower at his disposal, and realize he's on the cusp of his best fantasy season to date. Keller is coming off the boards in the 10th round of fantasy drafts, and if you get him in the 10th round, he is going to be the steal of the year. Now let's move to some quarterbacks I don't like, and we'll start with RG3. I mean, seriously, you want to talk about a guy who's living off perceptions? The coach killer has continued to live off his first six games of his NFL tenure. RG3 started his career with six rushing touchdowns in his first six games, and then he's had one in his last 22. He's like that band that crushes it with a great debut album and then follows it up with a dud. So don't lose your illusion with RG3 this season. Plus, he's going ahead of Tom Brady in drafts on NFL.com. And it's, look, it's like I don't even know you people anymore. Moving on, another quarterback I don't like is Andy Dalton. I mean, fantasy-wide. Seriously, Red Dalton is one of the most maligned, successful quarterbacks in the NFL. All he's done in his first three seasons is led the Bengals to the playoffs. And then he's finished in the top five in fantasy points last season. And yet, people act like he's the second coming of Achilles Smith. But he is somebody to avoid in fantasy this year because of the change at offensive coordinator. Out is Jay Gruden. In is Hugh Jackson, who figures to run the ball a lot, a lot more this season. That's all. Nothing personal, Red. I got you. That's who I like and dislike this week of the quarterback position. And don't think I didn't hear Elliot Harrison groan when I made that Guns N' Roses reference. It was a little esoteric, I understand, but money... <laughs> Take it I away. I don't know if anything Guns N' Roses is esoteric. <laughs> I, I like Use Your Illusion, too. Yeah, I, I was fine with that. The only problem was that Lies was the follow-up album. That's the only problem yeah, I had. Otherwise, true. I loved Discography, it. Discography a bit off their rank. Just just quickly, one thing I do want to note, and, and we talk about it when it comes to offensive coordinators all the time. They've got a big offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've got a great defense. Why don't they just run the ball? You know why? Because they want to be head coaches. And if there is an offensive coordinator in the <laughs> yep. league that wants to be a head coach, it's Hugh Jackson. Bingo. And Hugh Jackson is not going to be content with just running the ball with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard and doing what's right and leaning on that defense. <laughs> he is looking for a head coaching job. So I think they're going to sling it, and I would be comfortable with Andy Dalton as my quarterback. Marcus, I think Gio Bernard's fantasy value might be hurt more with Hugh Jackson and Jeremy Hill than Andy Dalton. Ah, uh, maybe. Just saying. All right. I'm going to uh, pit you two against one another because it is time for some player comparisons presented by SAP. We'll stick with the quarterback theme here, guys. Better draft pick this season, Jay Cutler or Tony Romo? I'm going Jay Cutler. I like Cutler. I know Rank likes Cutler. I like Cutler. He's got a top five running back in Matt Forte. He's got two top ten receivers in Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Martellus Bennett hopefully can stay on the field and be productive. I think Jay Cutler, as long as he stays healthy, is primed for a huge season. Don't forget about the quarterback whisperer. There's that, too. Mark Trestman, the Mark quarterback Tres- whisperer. Look, Mark Trestman got, look, he got Derek LaVille, what, 80 catches. I mean, come on. 
That's right. Right. Go against what the a quarterback reference to 1995 whisperer. stat. You like the well, you know, Mark Tressman left and he had to go north of the border for a while. Okay. What else do I have? All right. Let's he made Alouette's feared. <laughs> saying, Alouette, shut the Alouette. I like Mark Tressman. Right. Alouette, shut the Pumare. I like I like Mark Trussman. I, I love going. you, Marcus Graham, but I can't disagree with you more. You know what Jay Cutler's career high in touchdown passes is? Take a guess. Come on, take a shot. Uh, 25. 27. Tony Romo's had over 30 three times. You know what Jay Cutler's career high in passer rating is? 89. Tony Romo's never had lower than 90. Never. There is no comparison between these two guys. And if you don't like that, if you're just a Tony Romo hater, that's fine. Which defense has more upside this year, the Bears or the Cowboys? Oh, the Bears. Clearly the Bears. Dallas is going to be in track meets time and time again, which means what for your quarterback? Fantasy points. Two back surgeries in about two all right, seasons. All right, all right, all right, all right. Kettler, Romo, neither of you budging off your point. Uh, how about this one? How about uh, Colin Kaepernick or Nick Foles? Mm. 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 I like you want to start. Mm. I like the judge smells because you're wearing the outfit. I got to go Colin Kaepernick, and I'm not going to overreact to one bad game for Nick Foles against the Bears defense. However, we don't exactly have a big catalog on Nick Foles. We have not even a full season. I get that he was great last year. I need to see more. And Nick Foles doesn't do this right here. Yeah, I'm low-hanging fruit. I'm going with the running quarterback, Marcus. Yeah, same reason for, for that for Kaepernick. Plus, I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more now that they got Stevie Johnson there as a fourth option in the passing game. I, uh, I guess I will provide the counterpoint. I'm going Nick Foles. And if you take out the first three games, the guy played 11 games. Yep. And if you take his average points per game, he's number two. He is just behind Peyton Manning, just ahead of Drew Brees in points per game from a quarterback. You want to talk about low-hanging fruit? How about LaShawn McCoy, Darren Sproles? Here's a little screen. You go do my work for me. <laughs> Nick Foles has got weapons galore. I love Jeremy Macklin. We'll talk about that in a minute. Zach Ertz is going to have a breakout season. And I believe in Chip Kelly. I believe in that offense. I believe in that tempo. He loved Nick Foles when he was at Arizona. He was the offensive player of the year in the Pac-10 when it was the Pac-10 at the time. I, I am a big believer in him putting up those numbers consistently. Not two interceptions. He's going to have more picks. Right. But... 22 and a half points per game from Nick Foles in 11 games. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. But he didn't hurt you with the dreaded minus twos in fantasy. Right. But you know what? Colin Kaepernick doesn't either. They don't throw the ball enough for him to do it. And he doesn't throw a lot of <laughs> interceptions either. No question, but he doesn't have that back out of the backfield that catches passes. That's All the right, big we'll concern. I got Sproles and McCoy. All right, we'll if see. you want to compare fantasy players like a pro, make better weekly decisions. Be sure to check out NFL.com's player comparison tool. Powered by SAP technology, the player comparison tool computes advanced stats in seconds to help you decide who to start, who to sit, and much more. That was Player Comparisons presented by SAP. Coming up, could Geno Smith really be a fantasy sleeper in 2014? We'll tell you why one of our experts sees potential in Game Green's young QB. We're going sleeper hunting right after this. All right, almost done. Uh, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. If this is the only thing you've watched today, or I don't know, any day, Elliot Harrison, Marcus Grant, Adam Rank, Matt Money Smith here. We are talking uh, fantasy sleepers. And look, uh, hey, you fancy uh, fantasy experts. Toby Gerhardt is not a sleeper. Brandon right. Cooks is not a sleeper. We want sleepers, as in legitimate ninth round and beyond picks, is what we're talking here. So, how about it, Elliot? I'm going Terrence Williams. Now, I think Terrence Williams, that's right around yeah. where he's going to go. Last year, he did pretty well as a rookie. He acquitted himself well. Not a lot of hype around him last year in the draft. But let me tell you, the Cowboys' defense is so bad that this guy could have big numbers just based on the fact that the Cowboys are going to be playing catch-up 
all the time. And again, as a rookie, acquitted himself pretty well. Money. Marcus? I'm going with Geno Smith, and not just because I'm I look sorry, like his stunt double. <laughs> Geno Smith, not just because I look like his stunt double either. I, I think you look at what he did last year. The last month of the season, he was a top five fantasy quarterback, and he did it with a grab bag of wide receivers there. They've upgraded with Eric Decker. They've brought in Chris Johnson. The Jets offense this time this year looks a lot better than it did this time last year. I don't think he's a QB1. He's a QB2, but you get him as a backup after whoever your first quarterback is, and I think you have a solid guy there as your second option. So you'll play him one week when you're quarterback's on a bye, and it would be if your quarterback or had a bye in a struggles. week when Geno's got a great matchup. If you've got a lower-end quarterback one, maybe you go with Geno then. All right, right. Here's your guy. Carlos Hyde. I told this story many a times when I was at Radio City Music Hall. Tell it again. When the 49ers drafted him, I popped like CM Punk and walked into the building or something. I was just standing ovation because <laughs> this is a perfect spot for Carlos Hyde to go. They've got an older running back who is winding down to the end of his storied career. And Carlos Hyde is going to get his opportunities. They cannot continue to run Frank Gore at Great Lake, especially if they want to make a strong Don't run to the playoffs. Don't we say that every year? <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> that's it. Kendall Hunter because no, no, no. they can't keep but running this, Frank Gore. But this, this is, the is really the year. See that guy right there, J-Mac? Guy who's been torching Darrell Rivas all week in practice out there. Everybody's forgotten about Jeremy Macklin. This is a legitimate wide receiver one. He was more productive than Deshaun Jackson when the two were healthy. And I know when they were healthy is a big if. But he has not been oft injured in his career. It was last season that he missed. He looks as though he's coming back. And Nick Foles going to like him some Jeremy Macklin an awful lot. You see 22 touchdowns in his last 44 games. I want wide receiver once. Riley Cooper is not the first wide receiver there. Elliot, uh... You're right. I'm going to just go with your theme. I'm going to go with a guy you saw running around in Eagles shells out there, and I agree with you on Riley Cooper. That's why I think Jordan Matthews could be a very good guy to target. Now, he did not have a great preseason game. He had a couple of drops, but let me tell you, Jordan Matthews, calm down. I'm just saying. If he gets the targets, what's it matter? Deshaun Jackson's now playing in Washington. Are you a a huge Riley Cooper guy? No. Then could it be Macklin and Jordan Matthews? It could be. Is this team team going to throw the football? They're going to push the ball downfield to open things up for Darren Sproles and LaShawn McCoy. No All right, we're done. All right. <laughs> well, I'll be John Brown. I, this is a John guy Brown. who, you talk about fast. We talked about Dre Archer and his speed. John Brown is fast. That's all you keep hearing about the guy, and you keep hearing that nobody can cover him in practice. And this is a team, speaking of the Cardinals, with Patrick Peterson on the roster. Brown is a guy who's going to be a slot receiver, a third option, but can get a lot of the targets that Andre Roberts left behind when he took off for Washington. Yes, Floyd and Fitzgerald are still the top two, but John Brown's a guy who may sneak up on some folks this year. Yeah, at some point when they keep talking about him, you can't ignore it anymore. Bruce Arians always just keeps talking about this yeah. guy. And he did it with Gotta... T.Y. Hilton. And John Brown, by the way, Pittsburgh State, but no H on the end of Pittsburgh no. for no, Pittsburgh no, no. State. No, it's Kansas, right? Kind of wacky. Yes. Go figure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Elliot is so angry with me right now. Our fantasy <laughs> team previews continue with the heavy hitters of the AFC West. What can the Chiefs and Broncos do for your fantasy team? Find out Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on NFL.com. We're going to have us a hog tie. And Monday, why'd you take that out on me? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.